morning, church. Hey, good to see everybody. Hey, uh, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce uh, the person who led me to the Lord as our guest speaker this morning. Uh, Stacy came to work at my dad's nursery, and um, she was beautiful back then. She's not as beautiful as she oh, no. is now. Trust me, I have no doubt. He tells I'm me just every day you. that I'm, I'm beautiful, so I knew he was going on. And so. Uh, so then, you know, we got to know one another. The first two weeks, she didn't even work with me. Like, for whatever reason, she was not working with me for two whole weeks. After two weeks, she started working with me. And we started talking, and I'm nervous as all get out because this beautiful woman is talking to me. So I'm just... I'm like, uh, <laughs> and uh, so then, you know, she invited me to church, and I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll go, I'll go anywhere, let's go, <laughs> so I came twice, and then I gave my life to the Lord, and uh, we've been running after God together ever since, mm. uh, passionately pursuing, pushing in. Uh, the presence of God has become something that's uh, near and dear to both of us. Uh, we talk about it all the time. We, we share it all the time. Um, and so I'm just delighted to have her share. So just welcome Pastor Stacy to the pulpit this morning. Thank you. All right, are you ready? I always get nervous about these technologies. And then at the last minute, they changed in the iPad and... How many of you know, like, it's one thing to have some, you know, your own device, but then all of a sudden, even though they all look the same, there's something about yours. And Matt just had to keep, Pastor Matt had to keep telling me, it's the same iPad. It looks the same. It's just a different color. So, uh, oh, good morning, good morning. I'm excited to be here. As most of you probably know, I don't come up here very often, so I really have to hear the Lord to tell me to come up here because I'm not, it, uh, preaching is not one of my strong suits and it's not something that I really care to do. Um, but I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share a little bit um, about the journey. And when Pastor Matt was going through and started talking about this topic, I knew that this was a topic that the Lord wanted me to share in and just um, I'm very simple and I'm very practical. So basically, I'm going to give you just some practical things of this journey that the Lord's been taking me through on how to host the presence. Um, the title of my message today, Practicing the Presence. Um, and I'm hoping that at the end of, uh, of today that you will be able to understand a little bit what I do um, to get into cultivate the the atmosphere of hosting the Holy Spirit, um, and then there's just a couple of tools. So um, my hope is to just equip you so that you can go out and you can do it for yourself because it's not just in these four walls. The presence of the Holy Spirit this morning was amazing, and it has been every Sunday. And we are blessed to to be able to come together and to worship and to enter into his presence. But it's not just for a Sunday. And for so long in my early Christian life, I really just thought it was a Sunday. And when I walked out of the doors, it became work. It was easy in church, but it became work when I walked out the doors. And um, the Lord just continued to work on me. Um, and so in the past uh, several years... The Lord, um, the, this whole idea of practicing the presence, practicing hosting the Holy Spirit. Pastor Matt's been talking about the dove 
coming and resting upon us. As, as believers, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have that inside us. But there's this other thing about resting and having the Holy Spirit come and rest on us. And um, what that looks like, how we can do that, and, and how we don't scare them away, you know? Um, so it's cultivating that atmosphere. And, you know, I talked to you um, the last time I was up here. I think it's the last time. I'm not really sure. Um, I talked to you about that I pray the Lord's Prayer. The Lord started to lead me into this time of praying his prayer. But it's not just this rote prayer that I, that I continue to pray very religiously. Um, it actually is this, this um, time that I set aside. And it started this communication with the Lord. Um, instead of it just being all one-sided. And it helped me to align my thoughts, helped me to align my motives to get in line with the Lord. And one thing is we have to start to understand is we need to start becoming aware of the spiritual realm, the realm of heaven around us, if that's what we want to enter into. And so this is what I'm hoping to um, show you. And one of the things I started praying was, um, adding it to it, was to strengthen my spiritual man. When I started to realize that we are three beings, spirit, body, and soul, we need to pray for our spirit. We need our spirits to be strengthened, right? For that spiritual realm. We want that our spirits to be louder than our natural bodies, louder than our emotions. And so if that's something you don't do, I'm just encouraging right now, that one's for free. Um, it's all for free, but... Um, <laughs> Pray that your, holy, that your spirit man would be strengthened and, and see what God is going to do. So the first thing I want to, um, first practical application is be still. And um, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> it really does. It sounds so easy. Be still. In Psalms 46, it says, be still and know that I am God. Um, and in the Amplified, I like this, it said, be still and know, recognize and understand that I am God. I like to recognize because it was kind of leading me to this place of like kind of an, a, a, an awakening. And I think it was the Passion Translation says to realize. So with this new, it's something we didn't know before. And my husband shared yesterday that uh, on the other, be still and know that I am God. And he said, you know, he says, it says that Adam knew Eve and they bore a child and that took it to another whole level he knew it's an intimate so be still and know that he is God and um so I realized too that you know what all the people who were waiting at the pool of Bethesda they were all waiting they were like what four five porches around and the sick would come and they too did what they waited and they waited for the stirring of the waters and then whoever got into those waters the first one in one and it would like maybe bubble up like once in a blue moon but they waited and whoever got in was healed and what I started to realize is that we actually have access to that type of encounter every moment of the day Jesus made a way for us to have an encounter like that. We don't have to wait for waters to bubble. We don't have to wait in a certain place. We can have that encounter any moment of the day. But as I kind of learned, I had, to, I had to cultivate that in my life. I had to learn how to be able to walk into that. And trust me, I am not done. This is still a journey. I am still working this out. Um, and uh, so I will say that, also, when you're being still, 
It is not a period of time in which we list all of our prayer needs. Being still and being quiet is actually that. Being still and being quiet. Where we're not praying out to the Lord. It's this coming to a place of where we're learning to quiet our minds. Quiet even all the things that are going on around us. Um, And I'm not, this took a long time for me. Um, Being still... (laughs) was not something that was easy for me. Um, you can ask my husband, you can ask my parents. As a child, I, I, they would say I was fidgety. Um, I never sat still. When we had children, um, Matt would call from the other room when all the kids were to bed, and you know, I would, he'd be like, honey, are you going to come and sit down? And I'm like, yeah, in a minute. I, I got some stuff to do. And they were, they were good things, like I'd make lunch, you know, you got to clean up the house and maybe fold some laundry, whatever. And he's like, are you ever going to come and sit down? When I get everything done, when I get everything done. Well, how many know we never get everything done? There is always, always something. And I wish I could say that I understood this being still early on, but I didn't. And it's only been recently, it's only been in the last maybe six or seven years that I've started to come to this place. But the Lord used a very interesting tool to help me to learn how to sit down. Like it was tough for me to sit down for a movie. It was like I would get up like all the time. And um, so the Lord started teaching me, um, actually I had my grandmother teach me how to crochet. So if anybody can crochet, like you can sit, you can be like watching television, you can be carrying on a conversation, but what? You're doing something. Like your hands are moving, you're making something beautiful, and you almost, and a lot of times, and you know, you're patting, patting every once in a while, you to look over, make sure you're in a thing, but you can be doing something while you're sitting. And so the Lord used that actually to help me learn how to sit down. He also learned me patience through that crocheting thing, um, that I actually learned patience. And I think as my husband watched me crochet and then pull out 25 rows that I did wrong, um, he learned patience. He was like, what are you doing? But it was this thing of learning how to sit, to sit. And I finally came to a place where I was able to sit, where I didn't have to do something. You know, also all early on, I... Like I said, my husband, when he gave himself to the Lord, gave his life to the Lord, he would sit down and read his word. And I've shared with you before, it did not come naturally. It was like a struggle. It was work. It was drudgery. It was something I had to do. I was supposed to do. But there was no stirring in me other than when Pastor Tom would come up here and talk about being in the word... Like, I would go home and be like, I have to read my word. And, and he was so gracious, he, he tried to get me different um, versions of the Bible um, so that I would be more wanting to get into the presence. And um, it did work. So thank you, Pastor Tom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But half the time when I would go to look at it, and the reason why I looked at it as being drudgery was because I was looking for the word to help me be a better Christian. I was looking for that checkoff list. I'm a task-oriented person, and I'm just looking to all those things I can cross off so I can be that better, um, be that better Christian. And what I realized was that it's really just a tool to bring us to him. John 5, 39 says, you study carefully what the Bible teaches. You think those books will give you life with God. And it is true. Those books do speak about who I am. But then you refuse to come to me so that you may have life with God. I did not realize that the word was sent to renew my mind and my thoughts. 
to help me to understand all the benefits that I had because I was a co-heir with the Lord. And when I started to realize all the benefits that I had, if you haven't read Ephesians, read Ephesians. It is life bringing and you start to understand all of the authority and all that we have gained um, because of Jesus and who we are with him. The word brings life, but it's only when we abide with the Lord. And part of this being still is this part of learning to abide in him. Abiding is a relationship. It involves interaction and a union. And I want to read um, something. I journal, not a lot, but I journal, I journal every once in a while. And the Lord brought this to my memory about the day that he brought the word up abiding. And um, I wanted to read it. Um, it's kind of off on a little rabbit trail, but I wanted to read um, my post for that day. It says, abiding. The Lord showed me what is really Oops, you know, I made a photocopy of this and it is very, what it means to abide in him. I saw and felt like I was being enveloped, becoming part of the body of Christ. And I don't mean the body as in the church, but actually like into his body. Um, and I remember this encounter. I was no longer separate, single, or apart. It was like joining, becoming part of something, loneliness and striving left, and strength and love were what I felt. I actually wrote in here, I'm finding it very hard to put into words what I am seeing and feeling, warmth enveloping my entire being. That's abiding, and that's what Jesus calls us into. And it was in that place of being still that I was able to come into that abiding place where the Lord was like, this is where I want you to be because in here is life. In here, in that place is him and we can do all things. My next practical step after we learn how to be still, after I was learning how to sit in his presence, learning how to just be quiet and quiet every thought in my mind, was we know in even everyday um, relationships, what? We have to have conversation. So conversation is my next tool. We can't have a, conver we can't have a relationship without conversation. Conversation with the Holy Spirit is not supposed to be all one way meaning we're not doing all the talking. This is part of the whole being still thing and being quieting ourselves. It has to be a two-way conversation. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to talk and speak to us. And most of the time, he's not yelling. In fact, I don't know that I've ever at any point in time been in an encounter with the Holy Spirit where he was ever yelling, even when I was being stubborn. He's never yelling. So we have to quiet ourselves so that we can hear him. And I started to think about my relationship with my husband. And, you know, we're going on 30 years. Whew, yes. And we have worked together. So we started working before we started dating one another. Um, and then when we got married, we worked together. And now we work together at the church. We are with each other a lot. Seven days a week. Seven days a week, even when we were dating, most of the time, seven days a week, we would work all day. And then we would go home, shower, change, because we worked in a landscape business. And then we would go out again at night. That's how much I wanted to be with my husband. And it, 
what do we do? We continued to have conversation. When we started to run our business together and we were working, sometimes we'd get into this place where we'd be with one another all week long. My gosh, sleep in the same bed. But there were times where I'd just be like, I just want to be with you. Why? Because I didn't have that time to have that conversation and that communication with him. And I was longing for that place of intimacy with him. We would talk about work. We would talk about things. But we never got to these deep conversations of talking and getting to know one another. The Holy Spirit is no different. No different. He wants to have that intimate, deep conversation with you. And it's us getting to know him. He, I mean, he already knows everything about us, but he reveals things about us to ourselves. You know, he reveals to us. And so I learned I had to stop talking. I had to quiet everything down to have this conversation with the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes he would ask questions. You know, he is the counselor, right? He said, we read here, he's the healer. He is the comforter. It says it reminds us of scripture. So even though, you know, you may have read something and you don't happen to remember it, all of a sudden some scripture comes to your mind. You're like, wow, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry to say it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only speaks truth. So if you're sitting, you're like, hey, I've done the quiet thing. I sit there, but boy, I just get, I, I've actually talked to people who are like, I don't like sitting with the Lord. I don't like sitting with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, and they're like, wow, you know, there's all this, you know, he confronts and he can, and I'm like, if it's negative, it's not him. So you need to rebuke that thing because something else is speaking to you. Something else is speaking to you. He tears down lies of the enemy. He speaks what the Father speaks. He speaks what the Father sees of you, the one who created you, who knows everything about you. That's what he speaks, and it's not negative. Some of the greatest counseling sessions I have ever been with is with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we have um, earthly counselors that we go to. But I'll tell you, there were things that I thought the, that had gotten cleaned out in my life that in one moment of sitting with the Holy Spirit were completely removed. I was completely healed of that thing. And when that thing was removed, it was, it was built back up by him. That is what the Holy Spirit does. I love, um, during this journey, I started reading Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. If you have not I recommend you get this book. It is amazing. It is amazing. And Benny Hinn has a very interesting um, relationship with the Holy Spirit that spurred me on. It was like, oh. And basically, it's his friend. And basically, you know, he talks about good morning, Holy Spirit, because every morning he gets up and he says, first, first thing, good morning, Holy Spirit. Yep, he's got this like accent or whatever, and uh, I'm sure you can find clips of it. And so this is something that I try to, in, I endeavor to do every morning. I wake my, you know, my, I, I'm still kind of coming out of consciousness and, you know, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have for me today? What do you have for me today? And it helps me to set the day by welcoming and expecting his presence and input from the moment I step out of my bed. The moment I step out of my bed. The more we communicate, the more we get to know one another. I'm learning what the Holy Spirit likes and what he doesn't. What makes him draw near to me? Pastor Matt talked about that, that dove coming. What makes him draw near to me? What causes him to fly away? And sad to say, I st he still flies away. 
the other day I was driving. Usually it's driving. So I do not have a Jesus jumper, bumper sticker on my car for a reason. And, um, but literally I'm driving and I'm like, oh, so in the zone. And I was like, ah, oh, and I think I had worship music on. I'm coming up Hoosick. Yes, the grace grower of Hoosick. And, you know, I, something, and instantly I felt, I'm like, no, 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 don't go away. Don't go away. And um, I was like, oh. So, you know, then I get to myself like, Lord, I'm sorry. I know I lost it. Holy Spirit, come back. Be, in my, be with me. Because I, I honestly can notice now, I'm not going to say all the time, but when I'm really paying attention, I can notice when he goes away. Yep. And there's a loss there. Yep. There's a loss there. For the most part, a lot of times when I was learning this, I would only really sense the Holy Spirit when I was in that quiet time, when I was in my prayer chair, when I was having this, you know, being still and having a conversation. And recently, it's, it's kind of started to where I'm noticing him a little bit more, like when I'm driving in the car. Or we went to visit um, our son and daughter-in-law, and uh, we, they took us to a park because Pastor Matt and I love roller coasters. How many here like roller coasters? Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, we saw, like, we're going on these roller coasters. They had to be, like, I don't know, mid-70s, maybe 80s, and this couple's getting on these roller coasters, and I'm thinking, Pastor Matt, that's us. Like, I want to be 80 and still getting on these roller coasters that go upside down and all this kind of stuff. But it occurred to me as one, we're kind of getting off this one roller coaster that really kind of, like, and I had this thing of, like, can the Holy Spirit be with me? On a roller coaster. Does the Holy Spirit like roller coasters? I do. So I think he kind of did. I will say the last roller coaster we went on, I don't think the Holy Spirit was on with me. Because I was not doing well. And um, after that roller coaster, I felt like the Lord said to me, people have trust issues with me, and yet they trust these man-made roller coasters with their lives? Um, and as I got off shaking and uh, literally felt like I had PTSD after that roller coaster, we actually got, it broke down. We got locked on this roller coaster for a very long period of time in a very weird position. Um, and uh, I was praying and praying and praying and, and uh, I just, let me tell you, not good. So, um, but all the other roller coasters, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I love that. Um, <laughs> I realized in every relationship, like my relationship with my husband, um, which is anything but boring, and as you've just noticed, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is not boring. How can a being, a spirit being, who serves the God who created everything in the universe be boring? One of my favorite songs is a Bethel song, and it came out a long time ago, and it's called Chasing You, and it's like my spirit song. It, it, it just, I put it on, and my body, like, I don't know, I, I just... I start just dancing, and I always said, oh, if I was a good roller coaster, roller um, blading person or whatever, this is one of those songs. But it's such an amazing, and it talks about the adventure of serving our Lord, the adventure and the excitement that we can walk in. And so many times we think the Christian walk is boring. It is not. It is not. It could be that we're just not entering into everything that Jesus has and the Holy Spirit, and the Lord has for us. I get to access the kingdom of heaven where there is no limits. This is where we see signs, miracles, wonders. In this place of learning how to sit and be
worry about eating gluten-free again.